All right. New day. How you feeling? You feeling okay? Make some noise for my good friend Sarah, who's been helping me out with this seminar series. So, yeah, let's get into it. Like I said yesterday, this is the real life seminar series. And essentially, we've been making the point yesterday, we'll be making the point all week that New Day is incredible. New Day is amazing. But New Day isn't necessarily real life. You don't have a big top in your house. You don't have seminar series at 11 because you'll probably have school in September. Do you hear what I'm saying? New Day is amazing, but it's not real life. So we're here to talk about how do we take the, ma- the, the beautiful things that God gives us in New Day and make sure that we're soldiering on throughout the year with those things in our heart. And make some noise for my brother Toby who spoke yesterday. <laughs> Toby spoke on worship and today we have another wonderful speaker. She's also an incredible musician. She's a singer in the Kingdom Choir. They're always on telly and stuff which is super rock and roll. But she's also a very good and dear friend of mine. And I'll just tell you a really small story about how we met. When I went to uni studying music, I, start, I moved over to South London. I'm a North Londoner, but I moved to South London. Very, very nerve-wracking. But I got there and I joined a church called King's Church Catford because it was closer to where I was living. And I remember I was going there and one day someone said to me, oh, there's a little something after church. Do you want to come round? And then they said that magical sentence, there's food. You've got to bear in mind, I was a student. I was starving. I ended up at Faria's mum's house, just lashing curry goat and rice and peas. I remember there was Kool-Aid as well, which blew my mind. And ever since then, it's been, it's been a wonderful friendship. And I'm so, so, so grateful that she's able to be here to speak to you guys You're going to learn a lot, so make sure you're ready to take notes, listen carefully, and make some noise for Faria. Thank you, Femi. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Hi. Good morning. How did you sleep last night? Oh, was it raining? Do you know what? Rain in a tent isn't nice, especially if it gets inside of your tent, but the sound of rain on the tent, isn't that great? actually sleep to that sound now like even on my phone I sleep to that sound okay so as Femi said my name is Faria Fernandez I am a trainee pastor at the same church that um, Femi came to visit um, King's Church London and it's great to be able to speak to you today Um, I am going to be talking about church because as Femi said New Day isn't real life New Day doesn't happen all throughout the year it's once a year But church happens every single week at home, and that's real life. Before I do start, because there will be times where you are going to be talking to one another, and I have a special way of calling you back to attention. In the church that I grew up in, um, the preacher would say, God is good. Does anyone know what the response would be? Oh, come on. Come on. Let's do it. God is good. And all the time. One more time. God is good. And all the time. Amen, amen. All right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to get into a group of two or three people. I want you to... Oh, oh wait, wait. I haven't told you what you need to say. I want you to um, say what you've enjoyed most about New Day so far. All right, off you go.
is good. And all the time, God is good. And all the time, all right. So in the same group, I want you to ask, how many different roles or parts are there to play in a church? So I want you to, in your little group, think about how many different roles or parts or things to do if you were serving in a church. Off you go. God is good and all the time God is good and all the time all right shout some out to me teams worship okay yep we've got youth leaders you've got steward sound usher media yep hospitality bands yep car park prayer team yep set up and set down if yep if that what's that actually works for the tech team anyway any others any others photography team yeah media and comms and all of that there is so much to do in a church now I want you to keep that in mind we're going to come back to that towards the end of the talk all right I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself is that all right do you want to know about me great fantastic so as I said my name is Faria and when I'm introducing people to myself I actually tell them that my three kind of earthly identities are that I'm West African. I'm also Caribbean. And I'm British. Yeah, so I'm those... <laughs> I am those three things. And the reason that I am those three, is, three things is that my ancestors were from West Africa. They were people who were um, enslaved during the transatlantic slave trade, taken from West Africa taken to Jamaica, where all of my forefathers were born and where all of my grandparents were born and raised. And then something happened in Europe in the 1940s. What was it? Big thing. Oh, before the wind rush then, World War II. So after World War II, Britain and the rest of Europe, but Britain needed people to come and help rebuild the country, the infrastructure. And so that's when, during the wind rush generation, my grandparents came over to this country and helped to rebuild they were nurses, they were, worked on the um, TFL. And that's my story. And I think it's really important to have a, big of, a bigger context of just, I'm from London. There's more to it than that. Okay, so I am from London. I'm from South East London. Uh, what? What? Sorry, did someone go, oh, no. I'm from South East London, okay? <laughs> and it's good, it's good, it's good. Okay, so um, I actually grew up... Rasta. Does anyone know, everyone know what a Rasta is? Bob Marley's like a famous Rasta. So I grew up Rasta. My dad, I'll just wait. Thanks. And my dad was a really prominent, um, I guess, leader in the Rastafari faith in the 80s and the 90s. He was like the equivalent of a senior pastor of um, the Rastafari temple that I attended to. And it was, that was my life. That's how everything that I knew. Um, and my parents split up when I was about eight years old. And then when I was 11, my mum sent me to the camp of the, uh, my grandma's church. And so it was kind of like New Day, but 
not, it was a lot smaller. There was only about 100 people there. But I went there every year. And when I was there, I completely met and fell in love with Jesus. And my first boyfriend, but we're talking about Jesus. Uh, it, was, it was so amazing. And I went there every single year. When I was 13, I'd come to the camp. And it, again, it's fantastic. I met Jesus and it was, it was great. And um, I went to Birmingham. My, my aunt lives in Birmingham, so I went to stay with her. And she took us to a revival tent, a revival tent meeting. So it was in a park. It was in a tent just like this. And uh, the preacher was there and he was preaching. And I was there with all of my camp friends. I was sat at the back, you know, as teenagers do. And the man was preaching and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I know I was filled with the Holy Spirit because my boyfriend was there and all my camp friends were there, but I couldn't, I couldn't see them. It was like they just came, became a blur in the background and I could feel God's touch on my life. I could feel like my heart was beating. I could feel shaking. I could feel warmth. And I knew that God was speaking to me. And that night I went home and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to speak to someone. So I called my grandma. I told her what I felt, and she said, yes, that is the Holy Spirit. And she prayed for me. And ever since then, I've been having encounters with the Holy Spirit like that. And I started to go to church. The church that I grew up in was also very small. It was a very, very small Caribbean Pentecostal church. And um, I actually didn't know that white people loved Jesus until I was about 16 years old, because that was my whole environment. Does anyone else have that? Yeah, it was a real shock to me when I was like, oh, okay, other people other than black folk go to church. And it was a real, real cultural shift in my brain, but a great one because it was something that God taught me about. Actually, his church isn't one thing. His church isn't made up of one group of people. His church is made up of many groups of people, tribes and nations from all over the world. And it was such a great lesson for me to learn. My brothers and my cousins also went to camp with me and they went every year as well and they also encountered God and loved worship and gave their heart to Jesus and got baptised. However, when they got home, there was always trouble. There was always something going on. They actually ended up getting involved in um, gangs and selling drugs and getting arrested. And it was a really, really, really difficult time in our lives as a family, but in my life as well. Um, and actually, one of the times that my... So we went to camp every year, but there was one year that there was a flood, and so we couldn't get, go to camp, so it got cancelled. And that year, it was like all hell broke loose. That was the year that my brother got arrested, that was the year that there were a few really dangerous stabbings and shootings, and it was really, really tough. And I remember after my brother got arrested, I spoke to him and I was like, what happened? Like, what? What? Like, what happened? And do you know what he said? We didn't go to camp this year. I swear down, that's what he said to me. He said, we didn't go to camp. Every year, camp is like a spiritual boost. It's like the thing that stops us from going all, like, wilding out. But it didn't happen. So we kind of didn't have that spiritual boost to help us to get through the year. And it stuck with me. And it, it stuck with me because of what Femi just said. New Day happens once a year. Church happens all throughout the year. And my brother stopped going to church. They were relying on this 
one-time spiritual experience to help them keep themselves throughout the year, and it didn't work. My church family were amazing. They stood with me almost every week. I was coming to church crying, help. My brothers need help. They're, they're in trouble. My cousins need help. This has happened. That has happened. And they stood with me. They prayed with me. They prayed over my house. They came to my house. They prayed big, big prayers. And they taught me how to pray big, big prayers. I'm so grateful that my brothers are out of that lifestyle now. They are fantastic men. They are business people. And I'm really, really grateful to God's faithfulness um, that he's shown me through prayer and actually through the community of the church body. Okay, so that's a little bit about me. I'm going to pause there. I want you to speak to your little group. Is there anything in what I've shared that you resonate with, that you feel like, yeah, that's, I kind of understand that, or I, I, don't, I don't understand that, but that was really interesting. You've got two minutes. Off you go. God is good and all the time. God is good and all the time. All right. So I hope that my testimony has helped somebody or it has resonated with someone. You know, in scripture, it says that the word of our testimony, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I'm sure that this week you're going to be hearing so many different people's stories about their life. And it's there to encourage you. It's there to help you to overcome things, okay? All right, so we're going to open up some scripture because that's what we're going to do. Has everyone got, anyone got their Bible with them or on their phones? Fantastic. Before we do that, I'm going to say something that's going to be a bit controversial. I'll clear it up in a bit, but I'm going to leave it for a little while. And what I'm going to say is, if you are a Christian here, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you should not... Go to church. What? Yes, that's what I'm saying. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, if you are a follower of Christ, you should not go to church. I'm going to leave you with that for a second. And we're going to be reading from the scripture. In, it's found in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. I would like you to find it, please. And we're going to read from verse 12 to 14 first. Whilst you're doing that, I'll give you a little bit of background. This is written by uh, someone called Paul. He wrote most of the New Testament, or New Testament letters, should I say. Um, and he's writing to people who were polytheists. What is that? What is a polytheist? Those who you're paying attention in RE. Go on, I saw your hand. Perfect. So a polytheist is a person or people that worship more than one God. Are we polytheists? No, we are monotheists because we worship. Fantastic. Well done. So he was talking to people who are polytheists. They have many gods. And he's saying to them, actually, no, he wants to emphasize that there isn't many gods. There is one God. So I'm going to read the scripture. I'm reading from the NIV version. Every time 
he, you, we get to the word one. I'm going to pause and I want you to say it. Yeah? Are you with me? Are you with me? All right, here we go. Just as a body, though, though, has many parts, but all its many parts form body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by spirit, so as to come from body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of part, but of many. Okay. Whenever you are reading scripture, which you should do regularly, and you see a word repeated over and over and over again, it's because the writer wants to emphasize something. Yeah. So as you're reading scripture, as you're learning to read scripture, that's a really good tool to know. Repetition counts. Paul is saying here, and he wants them to know that the oneness of Christ, the oneness of the spirit, and the oneness of the body is important, okay? The oneness of the church is important. He reads in, it says in verse 13 that um, we are all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. It's interesting, a lot of the time when we think of baptism, we think of it as like this really individual thing. I'm getting baptized. I'm showing my faith. I'm it's an uh, individual show of your demonstration of your faith, right? That's what it was when I got baptized. I was 16 when I got baptized because I wanted to show my faith. I wanted to demonstrate. I wanted to show that I was following Jesus. And it is that. However, Paul says you get baptized and yes, you're an individual. But as you are being raised, it says you also become part of one body. And that one body is the church. You are no longer just you, individual. What's your name, young man? Micah. He's not just Micah. If he chooses to follow Jesus, he's not just Micah. He's Micah plus the body of Christ. Yeah? Do we get that? Fantastic. I love biology. It was my favorite science. Does anyone else like biology? Fantastic. I, I love biology. I love learning. Is there... Is there, is there, is there uh, People don't like biology? Physics is better. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? All right, all right. God is good. God is good. All right. <laughs> all right, so I love biology. It's the favorite, my favorite thing to study when I was in school. Um, and one of the things that I really loved learning about was the human body. How fascinating it was. All the different structures of the body, how they work together. And I specifically liked learning about specialized cells. Do you know that there are over 200 different kinds of cells in the human body? You did know that. Fantastic. <laughs> I didn't know that. I had to Google it. But it, there, and they are so varied in their shape, in what they do. But there is something similar. What is the thing that runs through? Even though your, like, your nerve cells might be like super long and then your blood cells are flat and they carry oxygen and then there's these cilia cells. Cilia cells are found in the, the lining of your esophagus and they sweep out all your mucus. Mad, isn't it? But they are so different, but what is the thing that is similar about them? The, the DNA, right? So in every single cell in your body, it will have the same DNA. Yes, the nucleus is also there. That's where the DNA is found. But it will have the same DNA, right? And that is similar 
to us as believers. Our DNA is Christ. Our DNA is what's called the creed, the creed of our faith, that we believe that Jesus Christ came, he's the son of God, he rose again, so that we can be forgiven for our sins. I'm going to go on to read the rest of this scripture. You don't have to say anything. I'll just read it over you. It says this. Now, he's talking about the body, right? So where the body is the church, the people of God. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But, in fact, God has placed in, part, in the parts of the body every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. We live in a culture where we like individualism. We like to be in our home, especially after COVID. I don't know about you, but COVID was the first time, uh, during COVID, during lockdown, the first time I wasn't going to church regularly. So I was sat at home, watching it on the, on the thing whilst I was doing a, a million other things. And there was a time when it was time to go back to church. And it was a struggle. I don't know, does anyone else identify with that it was hard I wanted to be with my friends and stuff but I also liked my own space and all of that and this scripture reminded me actually Freya you're not a, a cell by itself isn't anything a hand by itself can't survive an eye by itself can't survive it has to be connected to the body I said a, a, a statement earlier on and I wonder if you can help me figure out what I'm saying, really. I said that if you are a Christian, you should not go to church. Why did I say that? Why? Call out, call out. Fantastic, because we are the church. You are the church. If you are deciding to put your faith in Jesus, you don't rock up to a building. You are the church. It, the Bible talks about us being living stones. The Bible says that he came and he dwelt within us. We are the church. And it is so important that you do life in a church, a local body. Um, I, like to, I love that this scripture could be, you could think about it in terms of like a global thing or a local thing. So globally, there, the church is all over the world. Literally, there are... In every single country, there are millions of believers all around the world, right? And there are loads of different denominations. Do people know the names of different denominations? Yeah? Call out some names of denominations for me. Anglican, Charismatic, go on. Methodist, Pentecostal, Church of England, Orthodox churches, yeah. Baptist, yep. We've got loads of different kinds of churches. And then within that, we've got loads of cultures represented within the church. That is the global body of Christ, okay? And you belong to that. However, there is also the local body, which is your church. Paul goes on to talk about an eye. Do you know that the eye has 14 different parts to it? 
And within that, there are several different cell structures. So the reason I asked you to list out all the things that you could do at church is because even though you might go to one particular church, there are still so many things to be done. All right, I'm going to pause here. And I want you to turn to your neighbor and you're going to talk about something that you think maybe a gift that you have, a thing that you could do in your church. You may be like, oh, but I'm young. I want you to say, maybe when I'm older, this is something that I would like to do in my church. Off you go. God is good and all the time. Who feels like they have a very clear idea of what they would like to do in church, even now or maybe somewhere in the future? Who feels like, yeah, I feel like I know exactly what I would like to do in church? Raise your hand up high. I want to see you. I want to see. Wow. Uh, I'm going to pick on a few people. What, what do you think you would like to do in church? Tech? Nice. There was someone's hand. Yeah, you young lady. Yeah. A youth leader, nice, fantastic. Sports, like help it with the youth or older people, yeah, cool, fantastic. Yes, young man, yeah. A musician, worship team, what do you play? Nice, we need bassists in our church. Talk to him, David. <laughs> okay, fantastic, yeah. Worship, what do you do or play? Sing, fantastic, yeah. Oh, wow. She said she would like to set up churches in countries where Christians are persecuted. Please come. After, after this, I want to pray for you. Amen. 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 I hope that even in this conversation, as we are talking, as I'm, I'm sharing, that for some of you, this will be a real spark. You are a part of a body and you have a function. So it is so essential, as we've been saying, that you don't leave this as your spiritual high. This is where you go, and this, is, this isn't life. Church is life, okay? Um, I, I want to share that my church family that I grew up with are still so much a part of my life. They are godmothers um, to my, my daughter, who, who I had recently. They are people who I turn to. I've got mothers uh, of faith and fathers of faith that I will turn to when important things are happening in my life. It is essential that if you are going to be walking with Christ, that you walk alongside people, alongside people who can help you, alongside people who can encourage you. Also, it's essential that you serve. It's essential that you serve because that is the way. It's actually a part of your discipleship that you know that you're a part of a, a body, that your gifts are used to build up the church. Okay, so that was one analogy that the Bible uses to describe the church. There's another one, a really famous one. I wonder if anyone knows it. So the, the church is often called the body, but there's another word. Oh, fantastic, the bride. The church is often called the bride. Talk to your neighbor, why? Why is it called the bride? 
God is good? And all the time? Okay, so the church is often called the bride because that is the way, that is the closeness of relationship that God wanted to show how much he loved his people, right? He used that as an analogy. And all throughout the Old Testament in particular, you see God calling the chosen people of Israel his bride. The thing is, though, God wants an exclusive relationship, right? And the people of Israel weren't too good at that. They were cheating all the time, always looking at other gods, always going after other gods. And God's like, why are you so unfaithful? Always. We, in my church, we've just gone over Hosea. Hosea is a really interesting book because it looks at God's people and he, uh, he actually talks about them as if they are a harlot because they keep going off to other gods, right? And why is God like this? Is it just that he's controlling, he likes monogamy, he doesn't, he's jealous or like, I mean, he, the Bible actually does say that he is jealous for us, but there's a reason for it. He created us. He knows what's best. And when we look for things to try and fill his place, he's actually like, yeah, but those gods, they don't love you like I do. Money can't love you like I do. Uh, Sex can't love you like I do. Power, fame, they can't love you in the way that I love you. Stop chasing them. Be my bride. Be exclusive with me. And that's hard. That's a really difficult thing because there are so many tempting things for us to want to join with. And he's saying, please, it's not just because I'm, I, I just want to control everything. He's saying, because I, I know how to love you best. I know how to love you best. I got married two and a bit years ago. And um, the whole preparation, as a bride, you are trying to um, make yourself look very, very beautiful. And I did, I used makeup and all of that stuff. But actually, my husband was like, yeah, yeah, that's great, but underneath all of that, that's, that's who I love. And God is, is exactly, oh, yeah, he's lovely, he's great. He is, he's a fantastic man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But God is even more than that. Like, he's like, he, there's, a, there's a line in the song, and it says, you see the depths of my heart, and you love me the same. You see, you see all the messed up things that I do and I think and I say that no one else sees and you still love me. You see when I'm at my best and you see when I'm at my worst and you still love me. You see the things that I won't let anybody else see. You know them and you still love me. You love me so much that you died for my sins. That is the bride that is the love of god towards his bride as you as an individual but also his church church isn't perfect am i right do you know why it's not perfect do you know why because you're there and you and you and you and me and you church can't be perfect because it's made out of people i don't mean to offend you i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry I'm sure you have a special brand of perfect, I'm joking. But it's true, right? It's like, it's like, for example, I was in coming here this morning and there was traffic. And every time you're in traffic, you go, oh man, there's so much traffic. Why is there traffic? But you yourself are a part of the traffic. You get it? Like you, we, we, we are a part of the problem of church. We are human. We make mistakes. 
we don't do things right. But he loves us. He loves us as, our, as, as the bride. He loves us individually, but he loves us as the bride. And it is essential that you continue to be plugged in to a church so that you can be fed, you can serve, and that you can experience the collective love, love of a father of God towards his bride. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, we are going to go into some question time. I also would love to pray for people, maybe at the end of the service. People specifically, if you feel like, I know exactly what I want to do in church, I know what God is calling me to ministry, I'd love to pray for you. But also, I shared about my brothers. Um, there were, again, the, 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 the camp high, the New Day high was the thing that they tried to help them throughout the year. Um, and eventually it didn't work. If you know that you're in a position that when I get home, it's tough. There are things that are going to be pulling me. There are situations, there are a group of people, they're going to be pulling me. And you would like prayer? Please come to me. Please speak to youth leaders. Speak, get, make sure that you are prayed up. Make sure that you have a community that you can go home to and walk with. Because it is difficult. It isn't easy. Okay? And I would... Yeah, I want to encourage you, please, 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 receive prayer and make sure that you find a space and a place where you can call home as your spiritual home, okay? All right. Thank you, Femi. Can we make some noise for Maria? Thank you so much. Hands up if there are things in that message that you found really, really relatable. Yeah, I'm really grateful for your honesty. You shared so much about your family, your life. But at the core of it, I love that that word just kept on coming up again and again. The importance and beauty of church, but also the point we have, the wider point that we have to play in the church. So like we did yesterday, we're going to take a couple questions, a few questions, because I don't want anyone leaving confused. You might have some things on your heart about your own church or church in the wider context. Holler at me now. Also, if you want to ask questions, not in front of everyone, we could do that later on. But I want to speed through the questions because there was a bunch of prayer points that Faria brought up that I want to make sure people get prayed for. Some of you want to find your calling in your church, and that's the deep thing that I want us to pray for. And some of you can really relate to this New Day boost, and then you just fall off immediately after. And I want to pray for those people as well. So before we get into the prayer time, does anyone have any questions about church? Go for it. Wow. Sorry, she asked what part of West Africa am I from? So as I said, my ancestors were from West Africa during the transatlantic slave trade. Because of that, I actually don't know. So I would have to do a DNA test to find out. Yeah. I think the spirit just told me you're Nigerian, you know. Is so. it? Is it? Is okay. it? <laughs> but yeah. Any, any other questions on church and stuff like that? Go for it. Okay, that is a fantastic question. So the question was, um, uh, church isn't perfect, and as people we make mistakes, how do we convey to people that we're not perfect and that we are going to make mistakes? Is it? Yeah. So I think that, that exactly what you said is humility. Oftentimes, when you um, are in a church settings or, or when you're actually trying to defend faith, 
there can be this, this sense of like wanting to defend everything that happens. Again, we are human, which means that we make mistakes, that we don't always get things wrong. And, I, and when that happens, hold them up. Hold up your hands and say, hey, like, we, didn't, we didn't do this right. I didn't do this right. You're absolutely right. I, I should have I handled that situation better. Or, or maybe we could have done this differently. I think humility is the way forward. I will say that on this, though, the Bible talks about sheep in wolves clothing is that right wolves and sheep wolves and sheep's clothing that's the one and the reality is that there are going to be people and maybe even churches that aren't genuine that aren't genuine in their faith that aren't genuine in their um, pursuit of jesus they may be pursuing other things you need the spirit to discern what is right and what is not and also you need to know your word you need to know your scripture in its entirety to know and help you discern what is right and what is not right. Yeah. What are you saying? Mm. So what's the line? <laughs> Sorry, go on. The question was, what's the line between judging and holding someone accountable? What's the line and what is the difference? Which is a really, really on-topic question because a lot of the times in church sometimes someone does something wrong and you want to kind of hold them accountable but at the same time a lot of people claim you're just being judgmental here's what i think when you're holding someone to account when you're holding someone accountable that often comes from a place of love it comes from a place of love correction is a love thing do you hear what i'm saying so if you're feeling to hold someone to account but you don't even really know them, you don't love them, you don't have a relationship with them, and you have no intention of walking through their correction process, you're probably on your way to judging them. Hence why I don't tell off kids that aren't in Jubilee Youth. As much as I love every single child here, at the same time, if I'm not your youth leader, I'm not actually the person that's going to walk you through the correction process. So... If I'm just going to see someone doing something and suddenly attack, that's probably more on the judgment side. Now, my Jubilee Youth family, if I see you doing something, that's a different thing because I love you lot in a different type of way because I've got to see you next Sunday and the Sunday after and the Sunday after. I can walk through that moment with you. That is more on the line of holding to account. So just to concisely say, if they're one of your close friends, you can probably hold them to account about something. If you barely know them, you should probably tell someone else that can hold them to account. And that, for me, is kind of the line between the two. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally hear that. I'm not about to get in beef with your youth leader ever, so I'm just going to agree in that. Do you know what I mean? God is good. <laughs> and all the time. God is Amen. good. Amen. Go for it. Are there any possibilities that some people might be kicked off the church? And if there are, how the church should be doing it? Okay. I hear that. That was a good question. Is there, is there a possibility someone can be kicked out of the church? And if so, how can the church be doing this? I'm speaking... As a youth leader, I don't lead the church. I lead the youth. That is very much a pastoral 
leadership kind of decision. As a pastor, as a church leader, you're the shepherd to the sheep. So you've got a duty of protection and care to the sheep. If there's something there that is going to harm the sheep, then that's probably the line that needs to be taken. At the same time, me, I'm just a sheep. So if I feel that way, it's really not for me to feel that way. It's for me to tell people. I don't know if you're a pastor or not, or you want to be one day, but I feel like that's really and truly, I think it's in Peter when it kind of says, leaders and pastors are treated differently and they're judged slightly differently when it comes to what God is saying to them. This is some of the times why. Because we as the flock, we don't really get that say-so, but that's where their domain comes in. Does that make sense, fam? Okay, then. I'm going to take one more question because I don't want to lose the time to pray for some people. Yeah? My brother over there, go for it. (laughs) So the question... (laughs) There are many branches of Christianity. Are all of those churches part of one church? What, what was that? Are they all? I, I hear what you're saying. So that there's many branches of Christianity. Essentially, are they all the same thing, part of the same body, or is there actual differences? That's along the lines of what you're asking, right? Okay. There's a simple. There's actually a very simple answer to this. Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the light." life Jesus is the only way for me I like it when a church says we're non-denominational although that's become a denomination but we're non-denominational we're Pentecostal we're this we're that I don't even really understand the difference all I know is that if Jesus is number one that's all I care about you can go to church on Saturday I don't care you can go to church on Sunday you can have an evening meeting or morning meeting you can use Rabina or you can use real wine all of those things I don't really matter about but if Jesus is the way if it's all about Jesus if it's all about Mary we've got a clash if it's all about Jesus Jesus Christ who died for my sins then we're on the same page. I don't need to understand all your songs. I don't even need to like them. If Jesus is what you're singing about, then we're good. Does that make sense, family? It's a good place to end it because I like ending things with saying Jesus is all this is all about. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So guys, like we were saying, Faria brought up some really really strong points and I want to pray for those people and I'm thinking because we're in a seminar settings we can probably half the room because some people need to want to pray into their calling and what they want to do and what they you know you want God to speak to you what is my part to play in the church what is my role to play in church and some of you want to pray into you falling into that trap of you get your new day high and the rest of the year It's totally difficult and totally different. So right now, I want us to quieten down because I want it to be a moment that people can receive. But if you fall into one of them two categories, I want you to just quietly stand up because I want to pray into those moments, okay? So whether you want God to reveal your calling to you and the part you're to play in church, or you want to get out of the cycle of a new day high and make sure it's all the way through, I want you to just stand up quickly. Don't worry about your friends.
Okay. So right now, let's just keep our eyes closed. And if you're sat down and your friend or your bedroom stood up, I want you to be praying with them. But right now, Faria is going to pray into everyone that is looking into what part they want to be in the body of Christ, that we would find our calling. So, yeah. Thank you, Father. Lord, I want to thank you that your Holy Spirit dwells among us and that there is no junior Holy Spirit, that you, you show yourself in, in us even when we are young and even the ones that are stood here. And Lord, I pray, Father, that you will reveal what it is that you have for them to do in their local body, in their church. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will give clarity. I pray, Father, that you will um, bring dreams, bring visions, bring confirmation. I pray, Father, that you'll bring people alongside them that will call out gifts in them, Lord. Yeah, Father, I thank you for the pastors that are in the room. There are pastors here in the room. I want to thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to them even now. I want to thank you for the worship leaders that are in the room. I want to thank you for the prophets and the evangelists and the teachers that are in the room. I pray, Father, that your hand will be with them. I pray that you'll protect them from the evil one. I pray, Father, that you will plant them in good soil, churches that can rear them and help them to um, disciple them to become more and more like you. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just keep quiet for a second because now I want to pray for those people that feel like they get their new day boost and then life is totally different when they go home. But you want to stay consistent. You want to stay on fire. You want to stay hot for the whole year. Not just for the whole week, but for the whole year. So if you hold your hands out right now, I want to pray for you all. This is something I can relate to. I went through this as a teenager, but by the grace of God, some of these words and some of these messages stuck on my heart. And that's what I want to pray. In Jesus' name, I pray for every single child with their hands raised right now. That let this week not just be a week that is unique to the year, but let these moments of encounter happen everywhere, all the way through the year. In our schools, in our houses, in our difficult situations. I feel like there are some of you that have had more joy this week than you've ever had, but I want to pray in Jesus' name as you leave this place that joy will stay in your heart in Jesus' name. That you would remember that Jesus is with you every day, not just at New Day, not just in a tent, but Jesus is with you in your house, in your broken home, in your difficult family situation, in your difficult schooling situation. Jesus is still with you through that. This is not a sermon to say that everything is going to be perfect, but this is a sermon to say that Jesus will always be with you. And that I pray in Jesus' name that as you go back to the different churches that you are from, that you would feel his presence vividly. That this, this new day boost will not be something that you don't get, but in Jesus' name, you would feel his presence in a church of 10, 20, 100 people. I pray in Jesus' name that you would feel his presence in your schools. I pray in Jesus' name when we come back to New Day next year, it wouldn't be a boost, but it'd be a moment and a week to say thank you, Lord, because you have been with me. 
I pray in Jesus' name that those moments where it's hard to read your Bible, it's hard to pray, it's hard to worship, it's hard to go to church, would you remember that Jesus is with you? He wasn't just with you at New Day, he is always with you. I pray against the decline in your spiritual walk, but I pray in Jesus' name that you would stay on fire for God in Jesus' name. I pray in Jesus' name that next year we'll have a testimony to say, I prayed this prayer in the engaged tent and I stayed hot for God since that moment. I pray in Jesus' name that the confidence that you have in your Christianity and your walk with God this week will stay with you throughout the year in Jesus' name. That the ease you have to talk about Jesus at New Day will be the same ease you have to talk about Jesus when you go home. In Jesus' name, would this, year, this time next year, would we have testimonies of your faithfulness throughout the year? And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Can we say thank you to Faroo again, everyone? Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Can we also say thank you to Sarah for helping us out? Okay, so that is it. We're going to bring it to a close. Like always, I'm going to be here. Faria's going to be here. Toby and Sarah are going to be here chilling. So if you want to talk, pull up. Tomorrow, man like TJ is preaching. Yeah, whatever. TJ is preaching tomorrow. And so make sure you're here. He's going to be talking about all sorts of things. So, yeah. And if you want to say hello, come through. God bless. See you tomorrow. Peace.